All right, folks, welcome on into another edition of Buffalo Game Day Recap. I'm AJ Feldman. Joining me alongside in Baltimore is sports director Thad Brown. The Bills, well, it sure didn't look like their day to start off. They get into a 20-3 hole to start off the game in some wet and windy and wild conditions down in Baltimore. However, they score the final 20 points of the game. Tyler Bass, a walk-off field goal. They get the win. Thad, you were there on the sidelines. How did you see this game develop? How did they kind of turn this thing around for the win? Well, it was crazy, AJ. I mean, the first 20, 25 minutes, let's be fair. The Bills as a team had their collective head lodged inside their backside. And it was not just one side of the ball. It wasn't one player, one group. It was everybody. I mean, coaches, players. Everything was going wrong. They looked like they didn't bother to show up, didn't even get on the plane. I mean, to say they came out flat would be too generous because that would imply that they did actually show up for the game. I think what happened after that, it wasn't a switch being flipped. I think the touchdown drive at the end of the first half was big. But even you go before that, the uh, Mark Andrews push-off penalty, which prevented the Ravens from having a first and goal at the one, which would have made it 21-3, to I think was a big, big underrated part of this game because it kept the Bills in touch. You get that game out to 21-3 to where it's three scores. Now you're chasing. Now it's desperation. Down two scores, not as big a deal. And I know the Ravens pushed it to 20-3 to later on, but those two drives where the Bills did not allow the Ravens to get too far out in front, I think were a big deal. They get the touchdown to the end of the half. And what I think was the most important part of this comeback in the second half was better coaching. Taron Johnson talked about how in the first half when it came to defensive sets, what the Bills were doing is they were showing what they were intending to play, and then they were playing it. There wasn't enough confusion. They did a better job, according to Taron, changing up looks in the second half, giving Lamar Jackson more things to think about, keeping him on his toes. Defensively, I think that was the big key. Offensively, give Ken Dorsey a lot of credit. I thought he called a really, really smart game for the conditions. You didn't have Josh Allen drop back and try and fling 15-yard dig patterns over the middle to Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. They were screens. They were uh, bubble screens of wide receivers. It was using Josh Allen on the ground. I thought the fourth and one call was exactly the proper call. Let Josh Allen roll out, give him a receiver he can dump to, and then if he has to run the ball, he can. He scores a touchdown on that drive, again, using his legs. So I thought the coaching got better, and I think top to bottom, this team just executed down the stretch. So give the Bills a lot of credit, too. Going into this game, knowing the weather situation, you kind of thought, well, if it was going to get messy and wet and ugly, that favors the Ravens. They run the ball. They keep it on the ground as opposed to the Bills who like to throw it. Well, at the worst part of the weather, late second quarter and throughout the third quarter, it was the Bills who were the far better team, kind of taking the Ravens' method of winning and jamming it down Baltimore's throat. I was very impressed with this win in a whole lot of different ways. Yeah, when this game started off, you know, the, the, uh, the only kind of assumption you can make was just that that Dolphins game just continued to wear on them. You know, all the plays the defense went through, the heat, things like that. Because, like you said, it just looked like one of those games. I mean, when they had that play where Lamar Jackson got out of the sack and then he chucked it down the field, it bobbled, it ended up with a, a big gain. It, that seemed to be like the play where everybody, you know, on social media, things like that are like, all right, this isn't our game. Let's move on, go on to the next one. But to the Bills' credit, they found a way, you know, like you said, uh, you know, the coaching adjustments, things of that nature. And you talk about Ken Dorsey and the play calling. So much has been made about the run game and the quick, uh, you know, passing game turning into the run game. Um, Carl Jones made this point. I, I heard he made it on the, you know, the point last week, and he made it on Twitter today. Just about that quick passing game being the extension of the run game. That wasn't available to them early. Those, the, the, the corners were pressing up big, and they couldn't figure out a way to get those easy completions, those easy yards 
The offensive line wasn't getting any sort of a push to any of the running backs. Eventually, they figured out how to do that. They got into the screen game. I mean, you just look at that play um, down the stretch in the two-minute warning where they got Devin Singletary on that little, you know, the screen, the wide receiver screen um, out of the, out of the um, mm -hmm. you know, with uh, Singletary out wide. That was the kind of stuff that had to work for them because it just wasn't easy in the beginning, but somehow they were able to persevere, get the victory, and it just goes to show how talented this team is, how complete this team is, where even when they don't really play a full game, even when they fall flat on their face for the first, you know, 18 minutes of the game, they're able to come out with a win. Yeah, it's bananas to think that this team didn't no-show the first third of this game against a Ravens team that still, I think, very likely might be a division winner, and the Bills still found a way to win. You know, it's just, this is the kind of win that you walk away and you're like, wow, this team is superb. And it doesn't, this isn't anything that we didn't know about the Bills going in, because I was thinking that all the same things you were. You know, when, when the Ravens get that stupid deflected first down out of, you know, second and behind the sticks, you know, that, that felt like, as you said, the kind of game where it just wasn't going to be the Bills' day. To be able to turn it around, you know, it's, it's a – we've seen the Bills kind of win um, from out front as the uh, front runners, the Steph Curry type, where everything's going right. Josh Allen throws for a gazillion yards and they win by three touchdowns. We've seen them also win last year a lot where this defense just takes a team that doesn't, you know, belong in their area code and suffocates them and they win, you know, 30 to nothing, 23 to three, stuff like that. This is a whole different way to win, you know, to come from behind and to do it in a way where a lot of those normal avenues of offense weren't available to him. I was I was super impressed. The other thing about this, too, and again, it was miserable on the field, second and third quarter, not the worst ever. You know, not like the same level of misery as it was last week in Miami. But this was a spot where the Bills could have packed it in and said, look, we're, we're two and two. We're fine. We're, we're missing guys. They did this at less than full strength. We can move on. But Josh talked about why this team isn't the kind of team that was able to rally from the deficit they had. It would be very difficult if we didn't have the guys in, lo in the locker room that we did. Um, guys that just love each other, want to play for each other, aren't going to you know, stress in frantic situation situations. Guys that got each other's back um, you know, in this locker room. It's got a lot of love in it. You know, and when you have that love and you have that respect for one another, uh, I don't really think you ever feel that way. There was no panic. It wasn't manic, um, but it was definitely understanding that when we had our opportunities, uh, we had to execute. Nobody was pointing fingers. Nobody was saying, hey, you know, this, that, or the other. Um, we just came out one play at a time, uh, brick by brick, didn't blink, and we made the plays when we had to. Like we could have gave up. It was 22-3 before the halftime. And then, you know, we put all the other stuff behind us. We told ourselves that we did – we did this. We're, we're out here beating ourselves. Interception, fumble, three and out, three and out, three and out. We did that to ourselves. So when we put it all to the side, we put it on us, we capitalized. In that situation, this type of game, we came out on the other side, you know, multiple times. So to come out on the winning side, you know, it shows that we're moving in the right direction and, and we're growing. So Dane Jackson got his first chance to be back on the field after that you know, scary injury on Monday night in Buffalo a couple weeks ago. He talked that all week long he was trying not to think about going out and making a tackle again because that was you know, the play that got him sent to the hospital against the Titans. He's like, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. But at the end of the day, when he was asked what his emotions were, he said they were, quote, everywhere, super excited. And I think that pretty much sums it up for the rest of the Bills as well. This was a kind of win that everybody goes home feeling really, really excited and immensely satisfied.
Yeah, another big point of this game I want to hit on was the linebackers. You know, we've talked so much about the improved front four, getting pressure, Greg Rousseau, Von Miller, you know, the injuries in the secondary, everybody playing out of sorts, things like that. We haven't really talked a whole lot about Matt Milano or Tremaine Edmonds this year. And in a game, especially against the Ravens, against Lamar Jackson, contain a, run, a running team, you know, the weather, they both stepped up big times. They were both making big plays, open field tackles, clogging up the holes, just doing the right things. And to have that, and uh, I believe this was talked about, I can't exactly remember who it was. I think it would have been Sean McDermott who talked about it. The fact that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde haven't been that reliable veteran presence for them so far this game, or so far this season, they've kind of had to assume more of that role as, you know, the calming force, the leaders on the defense. And I think they just had another really strong game today, uh, you know, a really reliable part of this defense so far, uh, you know, through the opening bit of this season. Yeah, Milano blew me away in this game. You know, 13 tackles, it felt like 1,300. Um, he was everywhere. Obviously, the big stop on second and goal that uh, prevented the Ravens from getting the go-ahead points in the fourth quarter. Edmonds was good, too, but Milano was the one that really stood out for me. And you got to see his speed and his quickness and his you know quick strike ability when it comes to being a linebacker. But I think you make a great point. The Bills have relied on the Hyde-Poyer combo as, as the calming influence. And I think having Poyer back was a big deal. I mean, the two picks can't be understated. Mark Andrews did not have a big game. You can guarantee Jordan Poyer had a hand in that. But they need more leadership. They can't just rely, obviously, on that back end. So I think Milano and Edmonds stepping up, you know, is a big, big part of what made this win go. And then on the offensive side of the ball, uh, the receiver game, you know, the injuries are starting to pile up. Um, not a ton of production today. Obviously, the weather playing a, a part in it. Gabe Davis just does not look 100%. That ankle still seems to be bothering him. He's, he's, you know, he's dropping the ball a little uncharacteristically. They play the Steelers next week. Do you maybe just kind of give him the game off? They've got the Chiefs coming up the week after that. Do you just try and get him 100% healthy? Jameson Crowder was injured. I heard, um, I saw on Twitter he was in crutches and a walking boot after the game. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie leaves with concussion. So there's a lot of questions at that receiver spot now um, going into next week. Who steps up? Do we see, you know, Khalil Shakir did have that nice catch, you know, stepping up uh, as they were down to only three wide receivers. Is an Isaiah Hodgins game coming up sometime soon? Uh, certainly some questions outside of Stephon Diggs uh, heading into next week. Yeah, Gabe Davis, you know, I think if the Bills wanted to sit him, they would have done it by now, you know, because although he doesn't look 100%, he doesn't also look anywhere close to a guy who shouldn't be on the field. You know, he's out there, he's at making a play or two. So I don't feel like this is a guy the Bills are going to sit down, um, you know, especially when you consider the situation around him. If Isaiah McKenzie is in concussion protocol for an extended amount of time this week, he may not be available for Sunday. Jameson Crowder seems like a big question mark already. I think Shakir can do the Crowder job. The, to be honest, the big injury when in this discussion is Jay Kumaro because in the run game, the Bills use Davis primarily, but Kumaro is his backup as a blocker on the edge for those wide receiver screens, for some runs on the edge. Singletary broke a, a sweep today. Without Jay Kumaro, they have to rely on Davis to at least do that part of the job. That's why his snap count is so much higher than Stephon Diggs' snap count so far this year. So it puts the Bills in a tough spot because, yeah, you could put Hodgins in, you could put Shakir in, but neither of those two guys are anywhere close to the blocker that Davis or Kumaro is. So as long as Kumaro is out, it makes it really hard for Davis to sit a game because it's not just about the catching ability, it's about the blocking too. Yeah, especially with... You know, if they're trying to get the screen game going, those quick passes, those are, you know, valuable weapons to, uh, to, you know, get that going. I also want to touch on just the implications of this game. I know it's, you know, early in the season, but 
when we get to you know, week 15, 16, 17, things like that, we start looking at scenarios. This win over the Ravens might turn out to be a big one. If the Ravens you know, turn into the favorites in the AFC North, this is a team that could be in tiebreakers. This is a team that lost the Dolphins. There's common games, things like that. It's just an AFC win, so obviously that's big. I think this is a game where, you know, down the line, we're going to be like, wow, man, it is a good thing that we somehow figured out a way to beat the Ravens. Yeah, I think you had a good point there. And also, you know, AFC Conference tiebreaker, it'll figure in that way too. So I think it's not just necessarily a tiebreaker with the Ravens. I think I'd be a little surprised if the Ravens and Bills record is that close at the end, but definitely not out of the realm. But when it comes to number one overall seed, I think we might look back at this one as a big one. The other thing too is, and the Bills said they didn't really talk about the whole we haven't won a close game thing among the guys in the locker room too much. And I don't think they would think about that, especially because a lot of those close game losses go back to last year. But I still think getting this close win done, especially after having won basically in their grasp last week and not being able to finish it off, I think it does, you know, make a difference. And look, th there's a narrative out there that why haven't the Bills been able to win close games? Well, sometimes it's about breaks. You know, uh, the Bills got, I think, a few got the better of the whistle in this game. No bad calls, but all the borderline stuff seemed to go Buffalo's way. Um, you know, I think uh, you think about the, the first and goal play where Duvernay gets tackled the one-yard line. I mean, he's, you know, two or three feet from getting in the end zone. Um, so there were, there were plays in this game where the small things went for the Bills in this game and not against them. And that's just a, a matter of eventually, you know, breaks go that way, regression in the mean, all that stuff with analytics will tell you, you kind of saw a little bit in this game. But I think, again, that last drive, executing, getting the ball down to the one, Devin Singletary not scoring on the play that got the Bills down to the four. I think the Ravens were trying to let him score, and not everyone in purple is on the same page there getting it done to where the Bills didn't even have to worry about a Ravens comeback. They didn't have to worry about Tyler Bass having to try a field goal of any sort of uh, difficulty. They finished it off exactly the way you want to do it, executing close, getting some breaks, proving they can win close. I think that is a big factor for this one as well. Yeah, and Jordan Poyer said, you know, we've heard the discussions, things like that, and I doubt it's a big deal in the locker room. But if it happens one more time, if it happens another time, now it just becomes a thing they got to talk about, answer, listen. And you know, you know these guys. Right, they, they're right. on Twitter. They see, you know, what people are saying. Yeah. And it's just something we can, you know, unless if they lose the next four, it's something that we can put to bed for a while. I just cross that right off. Like, like, I mean, I, I was with you. You know, it's, it's not a huge deal, but it is one box, one thing you can just X off that the Bills don't have to worry about becoming a talking point with us. Exactly. So the Bills have the Steelers coming up next week. Thad, uh, some final words maybe on the Steelers game coming up. We get Kenny Pickett most likely, probably, as he uh, went into the game for the Steelers today. What are your, uh, your final thoughts here? Well, you think about this first, like, five, six, seven game stretch for the Bills, it feels like every game is this monster game. You know, the opener against the Super Bowl champs, and then Tennessee, they were the one seed last year. And then it's Miami, the number one contender in the division. Now it's the Ravens, you know, this great um, AFC North team on the road. Next week, it kind of feels like the first breather of the year, if the Steelers can be that. And I don't think a Mike Tomlin team should ever be that. But, you know, especially with Green Bay and, and uh, Kansas City in the reverse order, coming up after that this is the the take care the first take care of business game for the bills this year and there'll be a lot more of that i think the rest of the season jets patriots you know lions bears teams like that oh my i think that it, it, you look at this game is like all right the bills have been you know going in, into heavyweight fights week after week after week 
Now they're going to face a team that's going to be trying to punch above its weight class to hang with Buffalo. Can the Bills do what they're supposed to do? They're home, handle their business, make it a convincing win, just make sure it's a win, and get out of Dodge and move on to 4-1. and one. This is going to be how it has to happen a lot of the rest of the season. I mean, why didn't the Bills host against the Chiefs last year in the divisional round? Because they lost to the Jaguars. These are the games the Bills need to handle their business in the first one of the years next week at home against the Steelers. And the Steelers themselves, which didn't seem to be that bad of a loss in week one, but down the line it turned out to, a, well, actually they ended up making the playoffs somehow. So I don't know. They find a way. Yeah, they persevere. And yeah. also you we talk about injury still, luck. You're still right about that, though. Was it, that was not a great loss either. No, no, it was not. Um, and also the, the Steelers will not have T.J. Watt. So you talk about scheduling. You talk about injuries. That's a big one. That Steelers defense, you know, just look at the record, completely different without him in the lineup. So we will see you next week on Buffalo Game Day Recap as the Steelers come to town. We'll have that for you on RochesterFirst.com. Once again, you can catch our Bills coverage online at RochesterFirst.com and News 8 all week long. For Thad Brown in Baltimore, I'm AJ Feldman. Thank you very much for watching the Buffalo Game Day Recap. Enjoy the rest of your football week.